2: I'm Dan Schneider. joined as always by my co-host, Nick Filato. If you just joined us after the offensive podcast, you probably might have heard my computer crap out at the end. We're hoping it's better right now. I've done some things to kind of try to fix that. Because so we want to talk about the defense today. We went over the offense. Now it's time to break down the defense on film. That's fun. Like, it wasn't fun watching this offense on film. It almost never is. But this defense has been a lot of fun to watch on film as of late. And we're going to talk about them today in this game. We're going to talk about them here tonight. So, Nick. Get us started. What was your overall takeaways from this performance by the defense? What an
1: opportunistic defense, man, taking advantage of a quarterback who struggles throwing the football. But before we get into just the individual efforts and some play calls that we like from Patrick Graham, how exciting is it to watch Philadelphia's rushing attack, man? I kind of love what they do up front in several different occasions.
2: Yeah, listen, Philly has a really unique rushing attack i was going to go into that too once we got in a little bit deeper like even some of the stuff like people are like oh why couldn't the giants figure out any way to stop this well they were diverse in even some of the design runs for hurts uh and, and just like the design runs for the running backs as well they're diverse with how they use their blockers to set up this run these runs it's clearly an offense that has practiced a lot of different run concepts well and has the guys to do it like the giants run a lot of like you you tell me if i'm wrong on this it seems like the giants run a lot of They're not very diverse, I should say, with the run game. There's a lot of the same stuff we see week after week. Um, But that's not the case for the Eagles, man. This was one of the best rushing attacks I've seen on film all year against the Giants. I
1: don't feel like the Giants are overly stagnant, but when you watch a team like Philadelphia, you're like, oh my gosh, man, they do some really interesting things. I mean, they they literally, just having Jalen Hurts wastes defenders because that backside defender always has to respect Jalen Hurts. And there were times where they would bring the H back to lead block for Jalen Hurts, hand the ball off to Miles Sanders, and you have basically all the defense following Dallas Goddard, who's going to be a lead blocker. It's something the Giants do sometimes with Evan Ingram. We've talked about it on the podcast, but I think my favorite thing that the Philadelphia Eagles did was when the giants aligned in their two, four five defense, they would have a two eye shade and a three technique. And essentially they would bring Dallas Goddard in as an H back to the same side as a three technique. And the offensive guard would ignore the three technique and the Philadelphia Eagles would wham block him with the H black two eye shade. They would also ignore him. The center would climb up to the second level and then they would trap him with the guard. So it was just two, a wham and a trap block up front. And the Giants defenders didn't necessarily expect it. They saw the lineman either block down or climb, and then they just get blindsided. it just opened huge holes with lead blockers up to the second level. I thought it was just an excellent way to kind of really assist your rushing attack. And that's why we saw Miles Sanders rip off seven-yard runs, you know, five-yard runs, nine-yard runs consistently. It puts so much stress on the secondary pieces, those alley defenders to come downhill and execute a good block because those linebackers are being taken out by linemen who are climbing because you are trapping them with either a backside guard or an H-back with the WAM block. I just thought it was an excellent play design by Nick Sirianni in this offense. We also saw plenty of times where the play side offensive guard blocked down and the right. And the Eagles would pull the center around that play side guard to lead block for Miles Sanders or sometimes even Jalen Hurts if it was his own read. So there were just a lot of different types of play designs up front in terms of what the Eagles were doing from their rushing attack to either spring their running backs or Jalen Hurts into space. And that's why the Giants run defense did not look all that great. I mean, they gave up 208 yards on the ground, but it's not like they're just getting bullied up front. There's just a lot of different things being thrown at them.
2: And a lot of different things being thrown at them. And one thing I want to talk about is also the Giants used fewer uh, down defensive linemen in this game than they had all season, fewer than the league average. They really, in my mind dared the Eagles to run the football. And look at what happens. Like, the Giants got crushed in the run game. Everyone's talking about it. They did a bad job, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? The Eagles generated seven points from us. And yes, it does require some drop passes near the end zone, two from Rager, uh, one, another one in the red zone, a really stupid throw by Hurts on the interception to Crowder, a pretty bad throw by Hurts on the interception to Holmes. All of these plays took points off the board. But they really, even without those, the ceiling, really, I, I, I should say, for, for an offense that's running the ball at this rate it's not all that high. You're not, you know, they score seven points despite being able to run the ball at will against the Giants in this game. And I think that says something overall about, you know, the value of having a really strong run game and the value in my mind of a coordinator like Graham who's doing things like playing fewer defensive interior guys and are down defensive linemen and putting more linebackers on the field and really daring a team to pass the uh, to, to run the ball by making it so difficult to pass the ball with their coverage. Yeah, so
1: in terms of the Giants daring them to to run the fo- – I mean, it's not like they necessarily had a lot of light boxes. I mean, and if they did post-snap, the Giants always rotated somebody down to kind of help gap themselves out a little bit. So I don't know if they were daring them to run the football as much as as maybe it looked like
2: uh, pre-snap, if you know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. It definitely makes sense. Like they, they're rotating guys down, but just with the actual personnel they have on the field, like they had a lot of personnel groupings that didn't feature uh, a lot of in, uh, down defensive linemen. Like, even if you just look at the numbers, I think uh, giants fan and Charlotte might've posted this, uh, a little while ago like just kind of the usage they had with the defensive interior guys they were going heavy linebackers and fewer defensive linemen
1: oh yeah so if you're just talking about personnel yeah they would have leonard williams and dexter lawrence playing a large portion of the snaps but Austin johnson only played i think like 30 snaps maybe a little bit less than that and then after after Austin johnson who do you really have you don't want danny shelton out there because he's just been just absolutely terrible as a run defender at this point so you're really relying on Lorenzo Carter and Quincy Rocher to hold up against the run and then obviously Aziz Ojolari as well and I thought Lorenzo Carter flashed a lot in this game and we'll kind of get into it in terms of his run defense and then those linebackers to also kind of keep clean because the Giants they aligned a lot in that 2-4-5 look but they also aligned a lot in tight whenever they really wanted to shut down the run and kind of put clamps on it and then try to trust too high type of defensive look which is something I felt like they did a lot kind of in the what was it the Third and fourth drive in the game, and the fifth drive.
2: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, all right, let's start with the first series. One play, really, really great job in my mind by Julian Love on the first play of the game. He, you know, I've really started to grow such an appreciation for Julian Love as one of the most unheralded players on this roster. He's so tough. He's smart now. It seems like he's really starting to grasp from a mental standpoint, this Patrick Graham system, what it asks of him. He's stepped into a bigger role with Logan Ryan out in this game and just overall loved what I saw from him. He he had a really good play on this drive and just throughout the game, you'll hear me kind of call him out. Anything else from this series uh, that you wanted to touch on? Yeah. On that first play, I mean, this is a a good uh, look. This isn't a huge front
1: right here. You have, Four guys on the line of scrimmage, but it's just like you said, Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams, but watch how Reggie Ragland and Julian Love fit this run. It goes into the zone read. You have Lorenzo Carter just spying Jalen Hurts there. So Miles Sanders ends up getting the ball out of the mesh point. Julian Love kind of shoots underneath Devontae Smith's block. And then Reggie Ragland scrapes up the top of everybody as Jason Kelsey picks up Julian Love to make this tackle. That's just excellent run defense right there from the New York Giants. And then the third and 11 play again, the Giants dropped eight on this third and 11 play they only rush three but it's not like these guys are pinning their ears back to get after Jalen Hurts because you have everybody playing contained even Leonard Williams who's up the middle he's kind of getting pushed and then he just kind of sits you can see him stop churning his feet and he just watches Jalen Hurts who tries to scramble and him and Aziz Ojalary both close the b-gap to kind of just not sack him but tackle him for a one-yard gain and force the punt thought that was excellent on the Giants defensive front there and also they have eight guys in coverage so no one's really getting any space because you basically have a cover four defense on the back end with the three receivers underneath or the four defenders underneath playing the sticks what's going on everyone football is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Giants tickets anymore because tick pick that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K is the original no fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as you go to find NFL tickets, TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that other ticket sites charge. Aren't those terrible? Which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's a pretty good deal. If you just wanna go check out the Giants, you know, pregame, hopefully they win a football game, then Please head on over to TickPick.com today to save $10 on your first order of Giants tickets. That's TickPick.com. Check it out, everyone.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
2: Yep, no doubt about it on this one as well. Um, All right, let's get to the second series and talk about something that stood out to you from that one.
1: Well, on that first play, it was a wham block uh, to the same side with the H back on Leonard Williams. I love to see that. Now it had the wham block in the trap. This is one of the plays that I was referring to early on. It's just under center handoff to Miles Sanders. And you can see Leonard Williams penetrate so quickly. He just gets intercepted by Dallas Goddard here. And this ends up going for seven yards. And there's not a lot of defenders outside Leonard Williams kind of getting picked up because that center climbs up Jason Kelsey to the second level and eliminates the Mike linebacker. And you have Jordan Mailata take out the edge and then J-Jaw, Ortega Whiteside kind of take out the cornerback. And that just leaves the James Bradbury as the forced defender, which isn't something you necessarily always want. But that kind of blocking scheme we talked about, man, it's why the Philadelphia Eagles have so much success. It's not just Jalen Hurts. It's also blocking schemes like this up front.
2: Yeah, this drive for what stood out to me was this was, you know, obviously we'll talk about it in a little bit, but this was a breakout game from Xavier McKinney. He was the highest graded player by pro football focus. He should win defensive player of the week. And it wasn't just, you know, the plays he made in coverage. He could have, by my count, had like up to four interceptions in this game, at least two. And I thought there were two other plays he could have picked as well, which we'll go over. But he ended up with one. But he also made some really good plays in the run. The second and three from the Philly, 37 with six to go in the third quarter, uh, in the first quarter. I'm sorry. Does a great job filling here, stopping the runs, lining up from the box. Remember, at Bama, he played. A quarter, you know, a third of his snaps in the box, a third over the slot, a third in the deep half. He's obviously the best where we want him in the deep half middle field close looks. But, you know, he can play all over. And even better was the first and ten that the Eagles had, uh, you know, from the Giants 25 later in that drive with 248 left in the first quarter for those following along. You know, this is a little option type lateral to the flat and McKinney breaks on it and he stops it for three yards. So just a really good job by him. And then obviously, one other thing I wanted to point out, I really like the second and seven stop on the underneath route and the stick by Tate Crowder. He made a really nice play here, breaking on the ball and sticking him hard for no yak. Um, Do you want to break down the Holmes interception, what you saw on that one? That was just an excellent play by Holmes, but I loved the play
1: you were just going over with Xavier McKinney kind of reading the flare pass and shooting down that it's just an excellent play he's like a missile out there bro yep. just kind of coming downhill sifting through traffic and finding his way to the ball carrier but there's Darnay Holmes interception here this is good man he's the outside cornerback and I felt like Quez Watkins expands his stem well kind of towards the numbers to open Darnay Holmes up a bit before breaking inside but Holmes is just all over him mean, he tugs him a little bit at the at the at the break but not not enough to draw a flag in my opinion I think Watkins also falls a little bit, but you can see Holmes kind of get his hides up eyes up on Jalen Hurts, and then he just kind of finishes the route for Quez Watkins, who was stumbling a bit, and this is a, just a great play by Darnay Holmes, a great individual effort, and I felt like the Giants' man coverage all game was pretty good. I don't have the numbers as to the percentage, but looking at Holmes, who I felt like played well in this game, and I looked at Aaron Robinson, his man coverage in this game, how fluid he is. He was just excellent out there in a lot of the coverage assignments, even though he almost gave up a touchdown pass, but that was also when the play broke down, and you just have receivers running around, but in terms of the con construct of the play. I felt like a lot of these giants defenders on the back end really
2: impressed me. Yeah. I'm with you on that one as well. I was impressed with the back end coverage. I was impressed with a lot of things from this defense in this game. All right, let's see from the third series. I would say the first play that stands out to me here is the first and 10 from the Philadelphia 41 1147 in in the second quarter McKinney, man, this is shows off. Like we talk about his range in the deep half and coverage. Well, how about his range in run defense I me mean, he comes from the deep half to make the play here and get the stop this was just one of the best plays i thought this was might have been i would say this might have been the best play of the game for mckinney and for many defensive player just considering the range what he had to sift through to get to the point of attack or to the point where you know the the eagles are are trying to i'm sorry the point of the catch i should say and then to stop it for no gain
1: yeah this is the play i was referring to before yeah he's come from a too high look dallas goddard Motions from the from the two receiver side to the three receiver side, which is a bunch. And Xavier McKinney cheats down, but right at the snap, you can see him fly down. He knows the play that's about to happen, and he just that was just an amazing play. And then you also had a yeah, I love the second and ten play as well, Dan. I mean, Adoree Jackson he ends up getting hurt in this game, but this is just an excellent play because you have. Jalen hurts going to the mesh point, And that's something obviously is he running the football what's going on, but the giants are in cover six here. It looks like a Dory Jackson is dropping deep to his deep one fourth responsibility. He has his ass to the sideline and he's following Devonta Smith, but you can see him. He watches Jalen hurts, right? Smith kind of cuts off his curl and then you can see a Jackson stop, but, he doesn't just stick with Devontae Smith because this is just a high low. This is kind of like a deeper smash type of concept because you have Smith running that deep curl, but then you have an even deeper seven route from the number two receiver. And Adoree Jackson doesn't bite on the underneath route. He just kind of keeps his eyes because he's in zone coverage on Jalen Hurts, watches him eye the seven, then just sinks right underneath the seven route to Quez Watkins and almost gets an interception here. That is just such a fantastic play from Adoree Jackson on this second and 10 to force a third and 10.
2: Yep, no doubt about it on that one. Um, All right, let's see. Anything else from this drive that you wanted to touch on?
1: Yeah, I just love the third and 10. You have the creepers with the middle linebackers and the linebackers kind of selling blitz and then bailing into zone coverage. And then they send Aaron Robinson and Julian Love who are in man coverage look to kind of put pressure on Jalen Hurts, force him to kind of try to get out of the pocket and then he gets hit by Aaron Robinson and Leonard Williams incomplete pass. I I just love the fact that that was a very well-disguised pressure from Patrick Graham. And Patrick Graham does an excellent job disguising his pressure, disguising his coverage, disguising his intentions. The guy is a master of disguise.
2: Yeah, this was cool to see them send both those defenders uh, off the edge. And it really, it got to him. I mean, there was no answer the Eagles had for this one. So that was a great way to end that series. From the fourth series, uh, one thing that stood out to me that I would touch on first would be the just simple two-yard run stop on the first and 10 from the Philly 7. Once again, love just getting in the mix, getting involved, doing a good job here. So I thought that was excellent.
1: Yeah, The Giants line gets kind of washed down the line of scrimmage. They all step play side with the offensive line. And it's Benardrick McKinney, man. He executes a good just gap discipline here between the two tight ends. And he watches the cutback of Miles Sanders and makes a nice tackle here and I think that's a very good play by Benardrick McKinney somebody I didn't feel like played all that well he got absolutely annihilated by Jordan Mailata on a a couple occasions Mailata is just an absolute freak of a man just a gigantic six foot eight 350 pound dude but on this play I felt like Benardrick McKinney did a really good job filling his gap and then stopping this run for like a one and a half
2: yard gain yeah, for sure. It was a good play. Uh, then the Eagles kind of made some moves and went down the field the rest of this drive. Did you think that uh, it was a hold on the Boston Scott touchdown back?
1: It was kind of ticky tacky. I mean, I've seen a lot worse not get called, to be honest. But I mean, I'm going to take it any day of the week, to be to be honest with you.
2: Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I just wasn't sure. It didn't really look like a hold to me. It looked like it kind of was one of those examples of the guy making it look like a hold. But it, it held back the touchdown in a really unheralded stop then. By the Giants on the second and two, right before the Hertz interception. What was that? What was Hertz doing on that pick?
1: I have no idea, man. And that second <laughs> and two, dude. I mean, first off, you have the you have the first and two, right, which should have been a touchdown if we're going to be yeah. honest. Greg Ward should have caught this pass. He was open. It was a well designed play by Nick Sirianni and the offensive staff. And then that second and two, man. We don't talk a lot about Lorenzo Carter. It's kind of like, oh well, this guy was kind of a bust. You know, he got injured. It's unfortunate. That was a great play. That's This could have saved the game. And, and you know, you don't want to isolate a lot of plays and be like, oh, well, if that doesn't happen, it would have saved the game. But Lorenzo Carter flies in here to make this tackle on Jalen Hurts. And this is just an incredible effort by him because he has to kind of get through the blocks of Dallas Goddard and then Jack Stoll. And he does that really well and makes the tackle to force the third and one where Jalen Hurts, I, I don't, I have no idea what he was doing here. That is just such a bad mistake by Jalen Hurts to remove three points from the board in a, such a close game.
2: Yeah, for sure. Definitely not an excellent play by Hertz there. Pretty, pretty, uh, you know, low IQ. I don't know what to call low IQ. I don't know. I just don't know what, what he was seeing there and what he was going for there at all.
1: Probably to Smith. He was trying to throw it to Devonta Smith, who was coming back, but he just didn't account for Tay Crowder at all. And the pressure from Dexter Lawrence and Aziz Ojalary seemed like it got to him here. And it's just uh, just a rough one for for Jalen. I know a lot of Eagles fans – who I'm friends with and they're not, they're not overly optimistic about Jalen Hurts being their quarterback
2: long-term. No, I don't see how they could be. I mean, he, he obviously had something in the run game for sure. That's, that's obvious, but overall, I mean, look, he, he had a bad game throwing the football, he had a bad game staying on time, bad game staying on rhythm, bad ball placement, all the things you're looking for weren't exactly there. Absolutely, man. And then coming out of the half, though,
1: they start with a 27 yard run to Miles Sanders. And this wasn't one of their unique block. And this is just stretch zone right here. Everybody steps play side, and you can see how they just effortlessly climb to the second level, man. I mean, Lane Johnson is, is such a good tackle. He just chips Dexter Lawrence and just locates Tay Crowder. He doesn't even make contact with Tay Crowder, but he just forces them inside, forces them enough inside to allow Miles Sanders to kind of just follow the block of Devonta Smith, who does a good job on James Bradbury to spring this run and luck. Luckily, Xavier McKinney is there to, to make the tackle, but that wasn't a great way to start the half for the New York Giants defense, but they're able to clamp down really well and they get into a fourth and one situation, man. If you want to, you have anything to add on the third and two and fourth and two plays?
2: Yeah, I thought the third and two, 1255 quarter three was really good recognition by love and a good design to come underneath on this one and take away what looks like. Should be an easy solution, but obviously, you know, if Hertz reads that right, he might have something over the top on the other receiver, but it's designed to get that ball to that spot for the easy solution first down and the Giants just do a really good job here and love does a really good job reading this and then again a really good play on the fourth and two by Robinson quick slant nothing crazy but he makes a play on the ball and he makes it difficult for the receiver to come up with a catch.
1: It's such a good play by Julian Love, man. He reads this concept and knows exactly what Jalen Hurts is attempting to do. He comes off Greg Ward's vertical route and just does not even looking at Jalen Hurts, man. He just keeps his eyes on Kenny Gainwell and breaks this pass up. And like you said, man, excellent play by Robinson to defeat Jalen Rager, which I think defeat is the perfect word for Jalen Rager right now. (laughs)
2: <laughs> it wasn't a good game for Rager, even though he made that one really nice catch earlier in the game by the side, uh, by the by the sideline. But definitely not a good game. All right, the next series starts us off with the McKinney interception. To me, uh, I will take the Derek Carr interception over this one, as far as what McKin- from McKinney' standpoint. I thought this was a really bad decision by Jalen Hurts. He catches the ball, locks in on that route, and doesn't even really read McKinney at all. And McKinney makes a really nice break again, shows a great job understanding angles coming down with the catch, uh, breaking on the ball. But this was a really bad decision by Jalen hurts.
1: It's a terrible decision. And you can, this is a boundary side throw middle of the field, closed cover one. And you can look at the, you can look at Aaron Robinson, his leverage. Now, if you're outside of the divider line, meaning you're not going to have any help over the top, you're going to be using the sideline to your advantage, but look at the alignment of Aaron Robinson, He's inside the divider because it is a boundary throw and his butt is kind of towards the sideline, but it's somewhat in man coverage, but he's forcing the receiver inside. He knows he has help over the top here. So he's allowing that to happen. And he also just kind of attaches to that near hip, knowing that Xavier McKinney is going to be there. I'm not certain what Jalen Hurts thought he had here. I mean, he knew it was going to be, I guess, single high, but he doesn't even look off anybody to try to hold. Xavier McKinney in place. He doesn't even look to the other side of the field. So yet another just terrible decision. And the giants played excellently here, Like don't get me wrong. The giants had a great defensive game plan to stop Jalen hurts in this passing attack. But at the same time, man, the Eagles really helped them because Jalen hurts made so many mistakes in this game. Yeah, it was definitely,
2: definitely not the best game from hurts and really good play. Uh, The seventh series. I don't have too much from just a lot of really good runs from the Eagles. Anything stood out to you about the seventh series?
1: Ah, oh, there was a play. I think it was the second and ten. It was a zone read, quarterback power, something they ran so often. And when they ran that quarterback power, you can kind of see from the sideline angle of the all twenty-two because the backside guard and the backside tackle are off the line of scrimmage just a smidge. And that backside tackle is Jordan Mayolata, who ends up lead blocking. He absolutely kills Bernardrick McKinney on this one play here. So that's something that definitely stood out to me. And again, I mean, I'm not to just wax poetic about the rushing attack of the Philadelphia Eagles, but they had a lot of pretty cool concepts just kind of built into the the their game plan and then you end up having a touchdown to boston scott on this play who ends up really running into aaron robinson near the goal line on, on a couple plays prior to that you can just see the power in that that running back man he's like five foot six and he's like 200 pounds it's not somebody i would ever want to attempt to tackle
2: yeah, me either i would not want to attempt to tackle him myself either all right our La- uh, eighth series sorry um some key takeaways from you on this one one for me would be. Philadelphia 48, quarter four, 1156. Just great defense by the Giants. Pressure from Leonard and Ogilari to force a pass to literally no one. um And then finally that third and four where they send five and it works again. These two plays stood out to me. uh Anything to add on those or anything else from this series that stood out to you?
1: I felt like Austin Johnson had a really nice tackle on the
2: and shed on
1: the one zone replay. I believe it was the third play of the series. And then also the play you touched on the first and 10 pressure from Aziz Ojalari and Leonard Williams. And I felt like Aziz Ojalari kind of struggled in this game because he saw just a ton of Lane Johnson, but in certain situations, he ended up kind of breaking free from Lane Johnson and getting pressured. But overall,
2: you kind of just saw him
1: stonewalled a lot more so than you did in, in previous games.
2: Then we have the next series where we got the forced fumble with Boston Scott. Uh, great play by Dexter Lawrence on this one. Anything else uh, that stood out to you?
1: Yeah, we saw Bernardrick McKinney get annihilated once again <laughs> on this series. I mean, it's just unfortunate. I thought you saw a lot of good run fits and and, and run execution from J.R. Reed and Aaron Robinson all throughout this game. They were in on, I think, three or four tackles together. And on the uh, second and four play, Boston Scott tries to bounce it outside because there's just too much going on up front and he bounces it right to J.R. Reed, right to Aaron Robinson. And I felt like that was a pretty solid play. Also on the second and seven coming out of the two-minute warning, the Giants were aware of the fact that the Eagles probably wanted to take some time off the clock, maybe a little bit and run the football, establish the clock. They still had timeouts left at this point. So they knew that there was going to be a zone read type of element and you could see how J.R. Reed and Quincy Roche just fly off the edge, unblock. The Giants just totally commit to the run on this play. But they also had the contingencies of having Aaron Robinson, James Bradbury, and Xavier McKinney back with Julian Love following Greg Ward on the RPO. And they just absolutely blow up the play. And I felt like that was a really nice run blitz from the New York Giants.
2: Yeah, without a doubt, that was an excellent play by the Giants. A lot of timely calls here in this game for Patrick Graham and the Giants' defense executing as well. All right, we get to the last series, um, highlighted by the almost interception by McKinney, uh, with 31 seconds left in the fourth quarter on that third and 10, then finally the fourth and 10 drop pass. Eagles kind of moved the ball down pretty easy before that. What were your thoughts on this drive? The Eagles realistically should have won this game. There were two drop touchdowns on
1: this drive by Jalen Rager and both of them, man, were on Aaron Robinson, but I don't come away being like, oh, Aaron Robinson, you suck. I feel like he was in phase on both of these plays, man. I felt like the first one, Rager separates a little bit, Towards the end of the route, but that was because Robinson looked up to find the ball and then tried to refocus on Rager and kind of trips up a little bit. Rager doesn't hold on to it. And then on the last play of the game on fourth down, Rager is completely blanketed by Aaron Robinson. You love to see it, but then he breaks his route up and into the end zone and kind of stops. And it just took Robinson a split second to turn, mainly because the throw was already coming out. It was a good throw and decision by Jalen Hurts. And again, Rager bails the Giants out by dropping this ball and we also have the almost interception where Aaron Robinson was an outside shade influencing the receiver inside towards Xavier McKinney who just nearly intercepted the pass on third down so there was a lot of I feel like big plays on that last drive by the Philadelphia Eagles plays that almost solidified the game for the Eagles plays that almost solidified the game for the New York Giants and at the end of the day they couldn't convert on fourth down the Giants walk away with the W
2: yep big win Obviously, you know, some, some mischances, some dumb plays by the Eagles, but great game by the Giants defense overall. Let's get into some awards here. Some superlatives. Who's your unheralded player of the game?
1: My unheralded player of the game for the New York Giants is, I mean, I have so many listed, So I'm going to have to pick one. I'm going to know who you're going to go with. So I'm going to go with Aaron Robinson. I felt like he had to step up with injuries to Adoree Jackson and Darnay Holmes. And I mean, his man coverage skills, his fluidity, fluidity in space, his just overall movement skills are pretty impressive. So I'm going to go with Aaron Robinson.
2: Yeah. Robinson's obviously a fair, a fair option to go with here for sure. Um, I'm going to go with Julian love. Like I said, just love what I've seen from him lately. Love what I've seen from him overall. And I think right now he's playing his best football. He has since joining the giants. So he's my pick in this one.
1: There's also plenty of runners up, man, that I have. I have Lorenzo Carter, J.R. Reed. Uh, they're all runner ups and Reggie Ragland. I felt like played better than most giants. Linebackers have played, not named Blake Martinez this season.
2: That's fair. I think, I don't think I can argue with you on that one. Um, All right, give me the best individual play of the game in your mind on film. I want to go
1: with the Darnay Holmes interception, him finishing the route. It was a huge part of the game early on to to not allow the Eagles to score a touchdown there, and I felt like it was just an impressive effort from Darnay.
2: That's fair. I'm going to go with the Xavier McKinney interception. Obviously, like we said, it was also on the quarterback. Not a great play from Jalen Hurts here, but just a great job by McKinney to understand the angle to break back on the ball to secure the, ca- the the at the catch point for the interception which is you know not always easy for defensive backs uh and you know I could put that or I could put the one where he drove down from the deep half and stopped that little screen f- pass for for a no yard gain that we talked about earlier I mean that, that was, was just phenomenal a- range that was like elite level safety range. I'm actually going to put that one over the interception. So I revise my pick there. How about the best player on film for you? This one, I mean, we're not going to have, we don't need to reinvent the wheel here. This one's obvious.
1: Yeah. Xavier McKinney.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's a he was a dominant player in this game and he's evolving into a potential all pro player for the Giants, which is really, really exciting in my mind. Um, And kudos to us because we called him for the year in our bold predictions that he was going to be known as by far and away the best safety on this roster. I should have went even further. We should have went a further step and said maybe the best player, the most defensive player on the roster, because he's trending in that direction potentially right now. Um, Player on film who you thought struggled when you watched the tape?
1: I'm going to go with Bernardrick McKinney, and I liked the one play that I went over, and I wanted to highlight that, but there were several other plays where he was just absolutely getting annihilated by polling Lyman, which, I mean, when it's Jordan Maialata, what else are you going to do? The guy's absolutely gigantic, but there was a few other instances where I felt like he was a little bit out of position, and something that I haven't seen consistently with him while he's out on the field and limited snaps that he receives, so I'm going to go with McKinney.
2: That's fair. I'm going to go with Tate Crowder. There was obviously some good with Crowder for sure. There was um, that one stick play he made, but overall with Crowder, I feel like he struggled and I feel like there were a lot of plays in this game, specifically in the run game that wouldn't have happened as well or wouldn't have been executed as, as well for the Eagles if it was Blake Martinez in the game. And I just feel like the giants are definitely missing something right now with Crowder in at inside linebacker. And I mean, it seems like it's been all season for him since he's taken over that he struggled a bit in this role. And I'm just not sure, you know, he's meant to be an every down player.
1: I know I can understand that. I think he, like, I've said this before on the podcast, I feel like Tay Crowder deserves to be on a roster and he could spot start for you. But if he's just starting linebacker, you may want to look to upgrade that.
2: Yeah, that's fair. All right. Give me a grade for the pass rush.
1: I have a 6.8. Felt like they they got pressure when they needed to in key situations when they knew they were probably going to throw the football. Now they didn't get a ton of sacks, but they got I think a solid amount of pressure. You could see Jalen Hurts getting off his spot a little bit. And I felt like they did a good job containing.
2: So, I'm going to say a 6.8. That's fair. I think I'll go a little bit higher for this one, and I'll, or actually I'm going to drop it a little bit lower. I'm going to say 6.1. I think overall they did a pretty good job, like you said, but there was definitely some examples where it could have been improved. How about the run defense grade? I'm
1: going to say a 1.9, and
2: again, it's not because the Giants
1: are just getting physically outmatched. A lot of it was the scheme of the Philadelphia Eagles and just the threat of Jalen Hurts, because you're losing a defender whenever you're playing a quarterback like Jalen Hurts because you got to respect them legs.
2: Yeah, for sure. It factoring in all the things you said, the Jalen Hurts factor, and just kind of the Giants playing a smaller personnel at times. I'm going to give it a 2.7, I think, given the circumstances, they weren't you know all that bad in that regard. All right. Well, thank you again for tuning in to the Big Blue Banter Podcast. We will continue to do these, obviously, as we roll forward. And the Giants, we will hope to, obviously, get a win with Mike Lennon and the quarterback. We'll see what happens They're in the playoff race right now. So time will tell in that front. All right, Nick. For Nick Palato, it's Dan Schneier.